0: This is the MLW Radio Network. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Oh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah. From the that. mother, same mother and father. Your room was. Oh, we shared the room. Shared the room. We really? Shared the room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we something. go way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Brocast. Bro-cast. Bro-cast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. yeah well. What do we do? spell it with a k so you might take it easy everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years but when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting one thing is still guaranteed the shining wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news interviews with the greatest guests and of course tons of laughs and discussing the world of wrestling The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on randmradio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to shiningwizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho, Off the Top Roast Podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry... Then look for anything here, OTCR Headquarters. You catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and wherever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest last week of wrestling, After Darks, Under boss's Hard Taste, and now our new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Area, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Welcome to another edition of The Freeland Five. I am your host, Mike Freeland. As you know, The Freeland Five is the top five news stories that I find compelling in the world of professional wrestling as I cover all the major wrestling websites and media outlets And this is for March the 18th, 2022. I want to first start off by saying I apologize for not having an episode yesterday. It was my birthday, and uh, so many wonderful things had happened on my birthday. And my wife said, you know what, let's take a break from wrestling, and let's celebrate your birthday. And uh, it it was a great time. But once again, I just wanted to let you guys know why there wasn't an episode yesterday. Thank you all for the birthday wishes um, and everything that you guys had done. The emails, the DMs, uh, the tweets, I greatly, greatly appreciate that. It it feels so good that there are people out there who enjoy what you do or listen to what you do. I cannot believe the outpour of support since I started the Freeland Five. Downloads have been incredible, and uh, it just really makes you feel good. You know, I don't get paid to do any of this. This is something that I do for the love of the game, um, and it's something that means a lot to me, and I love connecting with other wrestling fans. So once again, at the top of the show, just want to say thank you for tuning in. And if you know anybody who would like to hear this, kind of the headlines of the day, go ahead and uh, let them know. Share the links with them and and pass the word along, because we grow uh, our family through everyone talking about it. All right, guys, let's kind of get right into it here. So... For Friday, March the 18th, let's jump right into this. This first story is coming from Wrestling Inc. And, well, it's kind of a sad one as well. At this hour, Mark Middleton is writing in, this was news on Scott Hall's health before his passing. Uh, on Sean Waltman, um, how he was, Scott was suffering during the pandemic as well. Now, two-time WWE Hall of Famer Scott Hall uh, reportedly suffered health issues during COVID-19 pandemic, which led to his recent fall at his home. Now, as it's been noted, Hall suffered a fall in his home earlier this month and later underwent a hip surgery for a broken hip. Now, a blood clot became dislodged during that operation that caused three heart attacks, and Hall was placed on life support following the heart attacks. His family then removed him from life support last Monday when he passed away Um, at the age of 63, but there's more to the story. Hall's longtime friend, WWE hall of famer, Sean Waltman spoke to wrestling observer newsletter and noted that he had called Scott a month ago to come out and stay with him in California because Hall's health had been deteriorating in the past two years due obviously to his alcohol use. Now, it was noted that Scott's close friends felt his passing was actually coming, but there was nothing that they could do about it. Waltman said the COVID-19 pandemic was hard on Hall as he had dropped down to only 210 pounds. Waltman also revealed that WWE Hall of Famer Diamond Dallas Page once again called to help Hall because he lived in nearby Georgia. In a quote, the pandemic did him in, Waltman said. It was hard enough for him as it was, but he was isolated in his house with no social interaction. He dropped all the way down to 210 pounds. We called Dally, and we all went over. It was really bad. Regarding the recent fall, Hall broke his hip and was able to move, and he reportedly was laying on the ground, unable to get to the phone for a period of time. It was also noted that Hall laid on the ground for a few days before friends told DDP to check on him since they hadn't been able to get in contact with him. Page found Hall, and got him to a local hospital. Now, Hall was said to be in bad shape the night before the NWO's WWE Hall of Fame induction even last year. He reportedly passed out in a bar the night before the induction, but no sold it the next night at the ceremony. He was also in rough shape at the appearance at the late 2021 at the Stockton Comic Con, and he had missed his bookings as of late. It was believed by many that Hall had been working through his drinking issues, thanks to Page, and that he had kicked the issue and things were turning around. However, Waltman noted that there were times where he was at least close to being in that case, but things really got bad over the last two years. Now, WWE posted a wonderful 12-minute video on his life and his career. And this is so sad to hear. You know, it's it's not typically until after the fact that we hear more about a situation regarding someone and it seems like there was more to the Scott Hall situation than we were aware of. The pandemic, I will honestly open up and tell you, was rough on a lot of reasons and a lot of fronts. The isolation, the, the mental aspect of it. You know, being in lockdown and you know, sometimes there were curfews early on and you couldn't get out and couldn't go somewhere and there were so many different mandates that can take its toll on people. And that's really hard. And especially, you know, Scott, it sounds like he wasn't eating as well. He had dropped down to a very low weight and then fell. And um, it's just sad to know that, you know, the last few years of someone's life were, were so daunting and so difficult because, you know, he'd done so much to get himself, you know, back on the road to recovery and his friends had helped him out so much and, It's just it's just tough. It's tough to read this. It's tough to understand it. But, you know, at the end of the day, our thoughts and prayers still go out to the Hall family, Um, his relatives, his fans, his children. And, you know, it's tough. But but rest in peace, Scott. I think um, you have left an indelible legacy on so many generations of wrestlers that your memory will live on forever. All right. Moving on, Mark. Robert, uh, with Wrestling River, um, writes an article at this hour. Jeff Hardy explains why he jumped rail at the WWE live house show before he got released. Now, as many of you guys know, Jeff was involved in a house show where he disappeared towards the end of the match. He jumped the guardrail, left throughout the crowd. Security followed him. That's what led to WWE thinking, oh, no, he's fallen off the wagon again. They privately met with him, and they said, hey, we want to send you back to rehab. Uh, Hardy said, I would like my test results first to find out what's going on because he said, no, I'm clean. You can trust me. It took quite a while before WWE finally got the test results back and the Hardy family had to fight that as well. Jeff was clean. And according to his brother, Matt, at the time, that Jeff is a very emotional person and things are getting very difficult with him in WWE. So uh, Marco Rivera is writing at this hour. Let's go ahead and let's jump into it. Uh, Following the surprise debut of Jeff Hardy in AEW, the charismatic enigma joined the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy podcast to talk about the exact reasons why he left WWE. Matt had previously stated the company was jumping the gun as far as releasing Matt, uh, assuming that he had a failed drug test and why that led to his behavior. Now, Jeff spoke in length about the situation and revealed all the details surrounding why he walked out in the show in edinburgh texas that ultimately led to him him being let go by wwe here is a quote certain things happen for a reason and subconsciously that was one of the smartest maybe the smartest things i'd ever done um guided by something higher than me jeff had said wwe was so strange i had been there for almost two years being back i guess i came back right after knee surgery when matt officially debuted in aew but the pandemic hit me In front of nobody. Uh, He telephoned me uh, and we were speaking about the debut. And I came back from knee surgery in front at the performance center um, to nobody. It was just weird. The best way I can describe my last few months in WWE were just glimmers of hope. Like maybe I still have something, you know, a couple last glimmers of hope was the Survivor Series that was really good. It all came down to me and Seth Rollins, and I almost won, and the crowd was so behind me. I felt like one of the most popular baby faces in WWE. Then there were other times when I felt like I was a ghost roaming the halls. I don't know why I'm even here. I don't feel important at all. I kept doing my deal, showing up, and doing whatever they wanted me to do. And I've never been a politician, so I don't go out of my way to ask for a certain spot or... To achieve a certain status, but yeah, that night in Texas, I finished my heat. I took the heat just as they said. I'm ready to go. I went over the railing, disappeared in the crowd, and naturally they think I took some drugs or whatever, but I didn't. I meant if I had been, I should have never went out there in the first place, and you would know. But yeah, it's just another unpredictable thing that I can do, and I'd get away with it if it weren't more serious than that. It was one of the smartest things I'd ever done because it worked out so perfectly, mainly because my first day in AEW, I felt valuable for the first time. They care and love me as, I, as they have shown. I feel like I was supposed to be there. I got chills thinking about it. With WWE, it just felt like they were keeping me there to sell action figures, and that was one of the things that got so much joy out of painting my face and seeing out there immortalized in action fingers. Like, that's what I do. This is so cool, and that's something I'm super excited about, now being here in AEW, my first action figure with the face paint. This is exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. Now, Jeff Hardy made his AEW debut um, a few weeks ago with his brother on an episode of AEW Dynamite, and they teamed together against private party most recently now to continue to talk about the details surrounding that night in texas uh jeff hardy mentioned what led up to him walking out of that match the former tag team champion talked about the highs and lows of his most recent wwe run and why he felt he had no more purpose it felt to be the right moment i wasn't trying to get released jeff said just thinking about survivor series and how much fun that was The way we connected with the crowd and how they wanted me to win so bad. It just made me think back to SummerSlam. I went to SummerSlam. It was a big crowd and it was in a stadium in Vegas. And I was there all day for nothing. I was like, why am I even here? I was so excited about being a part of it. Some little spot or something, but I just wasn't involved. I was like, why am I even here? And that's not just at SummerSlam. But I was like, why am I still here and even WWE? That's the purpose. And that's the way I felt. Things had not gotten so well. Um, you can read the rest of this article. It's really, really good. Jeff really goes into great detail. I do definitely recommend listening to Matt's podcast as well. It's a great podcast. But, you know, basically, I, and I'm not condoning the fact that someone walks out of their work. You know, I would never say, hey, you know what? You don't like it? Just walk out. I think that there could have been other ways Jeff could have done that. You know, Jeff could have asked for his release, um, What, whatever, but he handled it the way he chose to handle it, and it subsequently led to his release, and I can't speak for the culture of WWE. Never been there? I don't know. But I have heard through many people that it isn't always the greatest place on earth to be, and people associate WWE with, oh, you made it to the big leagues, you know, this is the... The New York Yankees of pro wrestling. This is the top of the top. The Patriots of pro wrestling. And yes, WWE does have the moniker and the history and the prestige. But once again, it's not the same for everybody. And not everybody, it appears, gets treated the same way. Um, So very, very interesting with that article. Once again, we hope that, that Jeff is happy now and he's in a good place let's go ahead and let's jump to this one. This one is written by Matthew Wilkinson at this hour. Once again, from wrestling Inc, the Briscoes want a match against WWE, the Usos. Hmm. What's happening with that? The Briscoes recently spoke with the battleground podcast, in which the tag team, they would most like to face in the future. Now, of course, most fans were hoping they would want to compete against FTR on that same stage. However, it remains to be seen whether or not that match will ever take place at this point. That does not mean that there aren't other tag teams out there they would like to face. Jay Briscoe made it clear that another top tag team they would like to mix it up with would be the Usos. In a quote, that's an easy one, but they aren't really flying under the radar, the Usos. Jay Briscoe spoke about how the Usos are similar to them as they're both being brothers in a tag team. They also gave WWE SmackDown Tag Team Champions credit for their in-ring work, believing it would be an honor to face them. In a quote, it's something about brother tag teams, man. Something the brother tag teams, you know what I mean? Like they, I mean, they like tag teams. I mean, we're a tag team. We're brothers. You know what I mean? When you got a brother tag team, I feel like it's a lot different, a different wavelength. You know what I mean? Jimmy and Jay Uso, uh, they know exactly what they're doing in the ring. They've been doing it for a long time, and it would be honor to wrestle the Usos. Now, right now, the Briscoes are holding on that the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships will still become something of notoriety. However, it's unknown what the future in regards to the company is uh, now that Tony Khan has officially taken them over. They will be defending their titles at Supercard of Honor during WrestleMania weekend when the company returns uh, against some unknown opponents at this time. So we talked about this on a previous episode of The Five, you know, Tony Khan, it seems like, would like to bring the Briscoes in, especially since he purchased Ring of Honor. However, uh, Warner Media executives are going back to a tweet that came out, and Jay Briscoe had made a comment, a homophobic comment, and he later apologized emphatically for it. And even to this day, almost ten years later, he said it was immature, it was wrong, it was stupid and I apologize for it, you know, and I realize my, my wrongs. Now, some people may look at that and say, well, he's just doing it because he got caught or he's just doing it because, you know, he wants his career to continue. Once again, I don't think someone's going to go out of their way at this point in time to, to show contrition and to really, you know, open their heart out like this and apologize. And I believe he sentimentally, I I believe he means it. Um, and we're just going to have to find out whether we're, you know, executives feel comfortable or not uh, letting them even come in. I know Tony Khan obviously has bought Ring of Honor, so they will definitely be part of the Ring of Honor brand if Tony wants that, but they still need TV deals and what's going to happen with that. So we're not really 100% sure. Uh, Let's go ahead to another article written by Wrestling Inc. at this hour. This is written by Eric Mutter. ECW and NWA's Pat Kennedy, also known as Simon Diamond, suffers a stroke. So Pat Kennedy, best known for wrestling fans as former ECW and Impact Wrestling star Simon Diamond, had a health scare this past week. According to PW Insider, Kenny, who currently serves as the NWA's Director of Talent Relations, suffered what he described as a mild stroke this past Friday, forcing him to be hospitalized. Now, PW Insider noted that Kenny was released from the hospital this past Wednesday, but that he is suffering from impaired vision and he is expected to have a long recovery period ahead of him. As such, Kenny will miss the weekend's NWA Crockett Cup events taking place in Nashville, Tennessee. PW Insider also reported that kyle davis will assume kenny's duties until he comes back now originally in his career he started out as lance diamond kenny took the simon diamond persona when he joined ecw in 1998 he remained with the promotion until they closed their doors in 2001 simon diamond was best known during his time with his partners johnny swinger and later with cw anderson who he continued to tag team with after ecw had ended former ecw um Following ECW, Kenny had notable runs in the early incarnation of MLW, where he and Anderson won the MLW Global Tag Team Tournament and Global Tag Team Champions. In 2002, he won the NW World Tag Team Champions In August of 2003, holding the belts for three months before dropping them to three live crew, which was BG James, Conan, and Ron the Truth Killings. Now, working under both Simon Diamond and his real name, Kenny Connected uh, continued to work with Impact mid-card talent before later transitioning to a backstage role in 2006. He would continue to wrestle until until late March. Uh, Of 2010, teaming with Swinger and Kid Cash, and losing efforts against the FBI, which was uh, Little Guido, uh, Tony Luke, and Tracy Smothers at TNA Hardcore Justice. So, our thoughts and prayers go out to Simon Diamond as well. Um, You know, like we've talked about this so many times, it's so hard to to see the people that we we watched um, going through these health injuries and, and health scares, and you know, it's just. I've had a couple of conversations with wrestlers before of this era and just the way that they lived life. um, It's just the way it is. I mean, different generations of wrestlers handled things differently. If we look back into, you know, the 60s and 70s, I think there was a lot of times when it was just the wear and tear on the body you know, a lot of wrestlers said they would, you know, go back and just relax in their hotel rooms, the eighties, and the nineties, obviously, um, as we know, it's been documented drugs and alcohol were a big thing. Um, and then in the two thousands, I feel like when WWE started talking about, you know, introducing the wellness policy, I think things started to change. Uh, the steroid use had obviously gone down. Um, and then obviously with the new group of talent that's come in, those things really aren't as a parent or even existent at all. Now uh, it's the video games, it's the cell phones, it's the social media, but you know, I'm not saying by any means that Simon diamond engage in any of this stuff because I don't believe he did. I think he was someone who was big into his fitness and whatnot, but I still think the, the rigors of just pro wrestling itself uh, takes a toll on your body. And no matter what you do, the world of athletics is going to tear you down at some point. And there's also a lot of stress as well. And I think that sometimes all of that combined and the pressures and, you know, needing to make money to support your family, that's tough. And, you know, I'm not making any excuses for anybody, but it's, it's definitely a difficult, difficult thing. All right. So um, another story that I found really interesting, this is on e-wrestling news, definitely follow e-wrestling news. This is Thomas Lawson. He's writing at this hour. Um, that AEW commentator announces his return to rehab for alcohol problems. AEW Spanish commentator Ricardo Rodriguez has said he's returning to rehab to deal with his alcohol abuse problems. In 2020, Rodriguez entered rehab and has been open in discussing his problems with alcohol. In a recent tweet, Ricardo revealed that he is once again going to seek treatment to deal with his issue. In his tweet, it says, I fell. I'm heading back to rehab. I'm pulling from all bookings until further notice. Now, before signing with AEW, Rodriguez was best known for his time in WWE as a ring announcer and a wrestler. So, we all wish him the very best. It is not easy at all. But I think nowadays, being able to openly discuss things as far as struggles is different than what it was 20 years ago, 10 years ago, and even maybe even five years ago. So, I feel really hopeful that he's going to do well and once again nothing but thoughts and prayers go out to him uh let's go ahead and let's give you an update on the greatest bout machine kenny omega i i say that knowing some people will probably roll their eyes when i say that you know i'm a kenny fan um this is coming from e-wrestling news as well this is stuff stefano Branganti, uh, great great writer kenny omega hasn't wrestled since dropping the AEW world championship to adam hangman page on november 13th at full gear and now here's an update on his injuries the wrestling observer is reporting that the canadian wrestler is recovering from orthoscopic knee surgery something that will take around 10 weeks to fully recover from at the end of march omega will have another surgery for a sports hernia um, once again, with two months being listed as the recovery time for that as well. Now, On top of that, there are other issues that Omega wants to adjust before he makes his return to wrestling. Um, in the past, he said that he had been suffering from vertigo, specifically all the way since 2018. That was before he became the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Omega has definitely de- dealt with a handful of injuries just because of the style that he chooses to wrestle with. So many people are out here supporting Omega. So many people want to see Kenny back. Uh, Many had hoped he'd be back in February this year. Uh, It looks like it's still going to require a lot more time. AEW, when reached, said that they don't have a specific timetable for when Kenny will return. All right, let's break this down here. So we are March the 18th right now. If it's going to take 10 weeks, so let's just basically say another two months, March April, April to May. Now you're looking at mid-May. And then obviously he has to have the hernia surgery, which is going to take another couple of months, July, August, I would say most likely. And then if he's still dealing with the vertigo, I would say this fall, we could expect to see him back. I'm going to say somewhere around September, mid-September would probably be the earliest that I would expect to see Kenny Omega back. Many people uh, believe that AEW's roster is so deep right now that it is allowing Kenny to be able to take this necessary time off and, um, you know, be able to enjoy resting and not having to worry as much. All right, let's move on to another article. Once again, this is written by Andrew Ravens from eWrestling News. Uh, Tony Khan explains why Ring of Honor Supercard will take place despite being against AEW Rampage. Hmm. Now the ring of honor super card was announced for April 1st, which is during WrestleMania weekend before Tony bought the company earlier this month. Now, although the ring of honor show will end up going head to head with Rampage on that night, which is a Friday night. Khan stated during the appearance on busted open radio that he won't pull the ring of honor show as the fans have already bought tickets for the show. Here's a quote by Tony. It wouldn't have been my first choice for scheduling necessarily, In two weeks, it will be a crowded Friday of wrestling. I have not scheduled this pay-per-view, Ring of Honor, Supercard, but I think it's important for me because they already sold tickets and they made a commitment to the fans to still come to the show. I see it as a transitional show in many ways and I'm really excited about it. It's the first show under new management and the transition show. I will relaunch what I hope to be a really great new wrestling uh, promotion of Ring of Honor on a television product, a weekly series, Whatever it does to stream or to air, it's a great opportunity for me to put my own stamp on it. But it will also pay respect to the great Ring of Honor traditions and the history from some of the top stars from Ring of Honor and the great wrestlers who have been in Ring of Honors historically. And I'm going to be able to make everyone available of this and let everyone know uh, that AEW and Ring of Honor are both in existence No, I think there is a cool way to use some of the great wrestlers in AEW who will be available to make this show great. So when it comes to this, there's more uh, comments that you can read as well when it comes to uh, Tony and his visions for Ring of Honor. Um, here's an additional quote. It's a unique circumstance because there's other stuff on that night, including AEW Rampage. It's going to be unusual because I'm effectively in two places at once. It's going to be bizarre and hopefully a memorable night in wrestling. I would never compete with my own show. It's going to be a very different night because we're making a one-time-only exception. I'm grateful to the great partners that we have with Warner Media. They've been cool and open with me during this time. It's a great company for AEW. And potentially Warner Media in the future for us too. I hope with the possibilities of the Ring of Honor streaming library and historic content with future content coming out, that I have to get their permission to do the shows, even though Ring of Honor's prior management already scheduled it. I'm going to announce more on the card, and I will make it the best card I can for Ring of Honor while still respecting AEW and the agreements to Warner Media. I mean Tony was really put in a difficult situation here. You can't really blame Tony because the card was already announced and people had bought tickets and this was their big return and it just happens that Rampage is on Friday nights and it's I don't think it's necessarily anybody's fault with any of this. I think Tony there's a lot more to Tony than I think people realize. He's very impassioned, he's a workaholic definitely. And I have people in my family who are workaholics. Um it's it they just their motor doesn't stop it does not matter whatsoever they just keep 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 going um yeah so i feel like tony's going to do the best job he can right now but once again unfortunately he can only do so much and only so much is in his control so very interesting with that All right, coming in at this hour, WWE news here. WWE announces three more matches for tonight's SmackDown. This is coming from Andrew Ravens with E! Wrestling as well. WWE invades the Spectrum Center in Charlotte, North Carolina for tonight's episode of SmackDown. Now, WWE SmackDown preview article on the website is now advertising the following. Sasha Banks and Naomi versus Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. Ridge Holland versus Kofi Kingston. Drew McIntyre and the Viking Raiders versus Happy Corbin, Madcap Moss, and Jinder Mahal in a six-man tag. And Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns will also collide. So if you have a chance and you are going to be available, or maybe you can set your DVR, those are the matches that are scheduled for tonight's SmackDown. It should be a really, really good one. WWE news continuing at this hour. Andrew Ravens is reporting WWE is advertising a surprise guest for WrestleMania 38 weekend superstar panel. Now, WWE confirmed today that the superstar access will be available during WrestleMania 38 weekend. They issued this following statement. Superstore access, the most stupendous superstore in history and WrestleMania panel will have an intimate live show featuring your favorite WWE superstars and legends. They will all be talking over, um, at the K Bailey Hutchinson convention center in Dallas on Thursday, March 31st to Monday, April 4th at Superstore access. Members of the WWE universe can shop the biggest collection of WrestleMania merchandise ever relive WWE historical moments and curate uh, multiple memorable displays with WWE-themed items um, on the Rob Schomburg Art Gallery and live paintings and have the opportunity to purchase tickets to premium experiences within the store. Now, the WrestleMania panel is your chance to hear behind-the-scenes stories from your favorite WWE superstars and legends in an intimate live setting. Witness superstars and legends of the squared circle go into detail on important moments, matches, and memories from their WWE history. This brand new event is a must-attend for any fan heading to Dallas for WrestleMania weekend. So this is going to be a, uh, a store that people can go to, more of an experience. So we told you where it's going to be. Here are the hours for operation for the store. Thursday, March 31st, noon to midnight. Friday, April 1st, 9 a.m. to 1 a.m saturday uh sunday and monday 9 a.m to 1 a.m uh general access for admission is going to be ten dollars so what this does is superstore access general admission tickets include unlimited entries into the superstore for all five days thursday through monday access to free activities with footprint Ability to purchase premium experiences within the footprint and tickets to the experiences that will be sold inside the Superstore as well. Obviously, taxes uh, and fees are included. Now, premium experiences do include the Undertaker's Graveyard, Alexa's Playground, the Miz TV set, the RKO, I'm sorry, the KO show set, Superstar Entrances, Call a Match presented by Snickers, autograph, and photo opportunities with WWE superstars and legends. General admission ticket is required to purchase that. WrestleMania panel, if you want to participate in that, it runs anywhere from $50 to $150. So, I could go on and on and on about all of this, but you can find all this information on e-wrestling News. It's a great article that is uh, written by Andrew Ravens. The title is WWE Advertising Special Guest from WrestleMania 38 Weekend. Superstar panel. I've been to a WrestleMania. They are, without a shadow of a doubt, one of the coolest experiences that I've ever had a a part of. And I took in the full thing. Uh, We had the Hall of Fame. We had the the biceps and and muscle brunch, whatever you want to refer to it as. WrestleMania itself. And uh, it was really cool. Now, it's not cheap. So keep in mind, if you're going to do this, uh, you're definitely going to drop a dime on this. All right, so let's go on to some more news. This is from the Wrestling Observer. I think this is an interesting article. Claudio Castanoli files for trademark for CSRO. Now, the 41-year-old recently departed WWE this February after his contract expired. Now, Claudio, also known as Cesaro in WWE, had filed for the trademark. The trademark was filed on March the 14th and is good for services related to pro wrestling, merchandise, And coffee products? Yep, that's what it says. So, in a reference to the Swiss flag, the trademark includes a crossover um, on the CSRO. Now, Castanoli departed WWE last month as his contract expired. He'd been with the company since 2011. It was reported by the Wrestling Observer that He had been looking to leave, or wasn't looking to leave WWE, but he didn't like the contract extension that was officially offered to him. Now, Cesaro uh, contract expired, and the two sides were in talks about a new deal, but couldn't come to terms. Given the huge money they've offered those whose deals have been up, such as Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and AJ Styles, it would indicate that he did not get the level offer that they did. He also had gotten a backdoor offer from AEW as he was in the middle of negotiating. And that was what Dave Meltzer had written. Um, It was more of a WWE decision that Cesaro's that than a Cesaro's decision in the sense that he wasn't looking to leave and go anywhere else, but AEW made him an offer. He was free to go and leave immediately during his time with WWE. Cesaro was a seven time world tag team champion, a one-time United States champion, and he won the Andre the Giant Battle Royal in 2014. His last match came to a loss uh, to Baron Corbin on February 11th edition of SmackDown. So, some people may or may not know this, but Cesaro is married and his wife is actually a trainer inside NXT. Um, so, obviously, there's definite reasons as to why he would have wanted to stay. But unfortunately, he was looking for a contract that WWE just wasn't willing to, to honor. Um, and, and that's kind of a shame, too, because a lot of wrestling fans that I've talked to and a lot of people within wrestling have said that he has such a great look and he's so strong and he puts on great matches and is a great technical wrestler that it's just a damn shame that it never happened. It never, never happened for him um let's go ahead and let's move on here let's talk about some of the things that happened uh this past week on AEW Dynamite I think the most notable one was the incredible match that was had between Dr. Britt Baker DMD and the challenger Thunder Rosa obviously from her hometown uh in San Antonio Texas where she prevailed in a steel cage match and is the new aew women's champion a very emotional thunder rosa uh shared her victory with others from mission pro wrestling who are around ringside i'm so happy personally for thunder rosa the things that she does for women's wrestling is huge and we often talk about this we talk about you know what gail kim has done with tna slash impact which was huge what trish stratus and mickey james had done with WWE even before um the Flares and the Becky Lynches and the Bianca Belairs. You know, there's people that were paving the way way before any of that happened. And she has been one of those people who've been such a driving force in women's wrestling. And I got nothing but respect for not only her but all the incredible people who work at Mission Pro Wrestling. It is um it's incredible. It really is. It's a great promotion with great dedicated people and um, I wish them nothing but continued success in everything that they choose to do because man wrestling is, is such a a cutthroat industry. But when you see people who are wanting to work together and wanting to see the success of other people, I think that's what really what defines who you are as an individual. And um, yeah, I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. So, Let's go ahead and let's make some other news here. This is Thomas Lawson. This is more AEW news. Adam Page responds to claims that Joey Janela is dangerous to work with in the ring. Now, as many of you may have read on social media and on other wrestling websites, uh, AEW has decided not to renew Joey Janela's contract after it expires. Now, Janela has come out and put a spin on this and said that he has chosen not to re-sign with AEW. AEW which is not the case. The contract will officially expire. Uh, Tony Khan and AEW officials have chosen not to pick up the option, and that will be that. Now, Janelle has gone on social media saying that he's happy, that he's going back to the indies where he is going to be able to work, make money, and do what he does best. Now, with that being said, I don't think anybody can necessarily be happy when you walk away from a contract with a company such as AEW where you are getting so much exposure. Um whether that's on dynamite or rampage or uh, any other youtube channels as well i mean it's it's guaranteed money and to walk away from that is definitely difficult however thomas lawson um from e-wrestling news is reporting this aew world champion hangman adam page had said this about joey janela nothing but love and respect for joey janela after uh later um he was accused of being unsafe This week, Janela confirmed he will not be renewing his contract with AEW, which will expire in May. On social media, several fans have accused AEW's bad boy of being unsafe and an unsafe worker, noting that it was Paige who was busted open during a match with Janela on May 28th of 2021's Dynamite. It was also noted that several other fans noticed that Uh, Janela had some other unsafe matches as well. However, Hangman Page says, nope, that's not the case. He did not feel that he was irresponsible in the ring at all. What are your thoughts? Um, I I definitely think Adam Page would not say something unless he genuinely meant it. Then again, Adam Page is a classy guy from everything that I've been told from people. So I don't think he's going to go out of his way to bury anyone or to hurt their... Um, their their business or hurt them from being booked anywhere but so many people had also compared Joey Janela to Nia Jax basically saying that his style just wasn't working and that he was not really an asset to the company on many different levels you know the the phrase Indie Rific had been used on many occasions when it came to Joey Janela that he never really adapted to what TV wrestling was or understood the differences between that and the way you have to perform when you're working for a major company. All right. So, what are your thoughts on Joy Janela? Are you a fan of Joy Janela? Are you not? Uh, love to know what your thoughts are with that. Love to know what your thoughts are with Thunder Rosa winning the women's championship. I think a lot of us understood that it was probably going to happen at some point meaning Thunder Rosa was going to win. She had great matches with Britt Baker, but Britt has really been carrying the flag for a long time. Wouldn't surprise me if Britt decided to take a little bit of time off right now, let Rosa kind of carry the flag and continue on. Personally, I think this would definitely lead to Britt having a feud with either Jamie Hayter, which I think would be great. Uh, I think Jamie Hayter would be a great opponent um, against Thunder Rosa. I think Sheeta who has changed a lot in a lot of ways, I think she's going to have some great matches with the women in that division as well. I love the direction Layla Hirsch is going in. She's really kind of changed her gimmick. She's changed her attitude. I love it. Uh, hopefully you guys saw the tease on Dynamite that uh, the alien Chris Statlander was wiping off her makeup, taking her contacts out. Is there going to be a character change with Statlander as well? I think that would be interesting to see. So there's so many different moving parts. Where's Ruby Riot been? Or (laughs) Ruby Soho, as we call her now in AEW. Where has she been recently? I mean, we haven't seen her on major programming. Love to see more of that as well. So a lot of moving uh, parts here. But I think the women's division is really, really coming along in AEW. You know, it used to be looked at as one of their weaker elements. But I think now, I think with some more experience and veteran wrestlers coming in there, working with some of the younger talent... I think things are just going to get better and better and better. So that is what my thoughts are with that. Hit me up on social media. Let me know what your thoughts are on any of these topics. Hit me up. I am at Mike Freeland, M-I-K-E-F-R-E-L-A-N-D. Would love to know what you think on any topic of these topics. And maybe if there's something that I haven't touched upon that you're like, yeah, I really would love to, to know a little bit more about that. Can you touch upon this in your next episode? All right, moving on. Let's talk about some more news here. Matthew Wilkinson from wrestling Inc is reporting that it sounds more and more like New Japan Pro Wrestling is open to conducting a super show with AEW. Uh, Once again, this is Matthew Wilkinson writing in. Doc Gallows and Rocky Romero spoke with Wrestling Inc. manager, editor Nick Housman, earlier to talk about more about The Forbidden Door. Now, Gallows believes it has made things really exciting within the sports of professional wrestling and pointed out that he and Carl Anderson want to take over the Bullet Club once again. Here's a quote. I think... That ever since this happened, I don't know if I've ever been allowed to really talk about it. He said, now the forbidden door has been open and the world has started to open back up again. It's really exciting for us. It was really cool to see the resurgence in Los Angeles and establish the Good Brothers dominance as our plans continue to come to fruition. Our current long-term plan is to take over the Bullet Club. Chicago is one of the greatest places and the greatest wrestling markets in the country, one of the loudest cities that there are, so it takes a lot for the machine gun and I to get our blood boiling these days, but we are super pumped to be in the Windy City for the first time ever representing New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now, both men also discussed the possibility of the Bullet Club in AEW. We saw Jay, and he was in AEW, and he was mixing it up with Adam Cole and getting into all of that, said Rocky Romero. We just have to take our time, and we have to let our stories play out, Gallows told Houseman. Rocky Romero also spoke about the potential of an AEW New Japan super show. He admits knowing that the fans want to see it. However, he stressed the logistics of it aren't exactly that easy. In a quote, I mean, everything is possible for sure, Romero says. I know that's what the fans want, he stated. It's definitely still really difficult for us to be doing two brands touring at two separate times in two different countries. We've got to get our U.S. touring brand and the Japanese touring brand, which is constantly touring. It's hard to get the logics uh, together. But if AEW is open to doing it, I think New Japan would be open to talk about it as well. All right. Great article here. You can read it in its entirety. Nick Hausman does a great interview. Um, Matthew Wilkinson does a great article with this as well. What's your thoughts? Uh, I know as a wrestling fan, so many people know that, you know, there was a relationship between Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling. There have been people who've come over from New Japan into AEW. There's, there's no feeling, at least in my thoughts, that this couldn't happen. But once again, I think logistics are a big deal. And if the logistics can work out, I think people would love it. However, a lot of great points were brought up. I mean, wrestlers are touring. They already have cities booked. They already have dates booked. AEW has venues booked for their upcoming pay-per-views. Um, where do you fit all of this in? You know, this has to be something that's planned at least, I would say at least six months to a year down the road where you can actually say, okay, before we put any other plans in place for these locations. Let's make sure we do this, and then we base everything around it. So we shall see what happens on this. Um, Let's go ahead and let's talk a little more Kenny Omega. Why? Why not? Mark Middleton is also writing AEW console video game updates, and a story mode for it has also been confirmed. Now, details details are being released on the much-anticipated AEW console video game. A new report from Fightful Select notes that there will be a story mode for the game and that some of the AEW wrestlers are giving input into the game's storylines. It was also noted that several members of Yuke's team that helped create the popular Raw vs. SmackDown video game are also going to be a part of the story mode process. While Yuke's is unknown to be the developer of the AEW game, no publisher has yet been announced. It's believed that once a publisher is confirmed, there will be more information released Uh, On this, Ukes is happy uh, to be a part of this and they are the developer of the video game. Now, Kenny Omega is also said to be determined to make this AEW video game console a success. And the word is he understands how integral all great showings could be. The video game is reportedly coming along as AEW music producer Mikey Ruckus recently stated that there is a soft deadline for some of the music for some of the story mode to com- be completed the week before the AEW Revolution pay-per-view. Now, furthermore, AEW's Women's World Champion Thunder Rosa recently revealed that her prototype for the game has already been created and was shown to her. Uh, very interesting when it comes to this. I I'm not a big video game player, I'll be honest with you. But it's one of those things that does intrigue me because this could be a big revenue source for AEW. This could be something that really has them step out again and take that next step into a world that they haven't been a part of yet. I mean, TNA and Impact Wrestling had a video game, which I think definitely helped them. And with WWE being so dominant in the wrestling video game world, I think AEW having something competitive like this is definitely going to be something that's going to help them. It's going to get them more exposure. It's probably going to introduce them to more casual wrestling fans, people who are more gamers than they are um, you know, wrestling novices. But I think this is going to be a good thing for them. It's going to allow them to have greater exposure and hopefully introduce more people to the AEW brand as well. All right. That is going to do it for this episode of the Freeland Five. Please let me know your thoughts. On the stories, you can hit me up on social media. I'm at Mike, M-I-K-E, Freeland, F-R-E-L-A-N-D. Remember, each and every Tuesday night, we are live on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Pod. Um, we are live, and uh, you can join in on the chat. Let us know what your questions are. Join our panel, and you can even call our hotline, which we take phone calls as well. Remember, the... Front Row Material Podcast. Wow, I'm delayed here. The Front Row Material Podcast, the audio version, drops each and every Friday. It'll be dropping today, along with the Future Stars Now uh, audio version of the podcast. That'll drop today as well. So you'll have multiple uh, Front Row Material-branded products to listen to. Remember, if you know anybody who loves pro wrestling and loves listening to news stories, interviews, highlights, panels, all of that kind of stuff, please let them know. Hey, you might want to listen to these guys. Or if you do listen, thank you so much for listening. Uh, We greatly appreciate you more than you'll ever know. Downloads have been great. The response to the Freeland 5 has been great. And uh, once again, I do it for the love of the game. I'm not getting rich off of this. In fact, I'm probably spending money to do this. All right, guys, that's going to do it. Hope you guys have a great weekend. I will touch base with you back on Monday. For now, this has been the Freeland 5.